This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. In the last episode, number 32, you learned from Anthony Zhang and the secret he uses to pay college students three bucks to literally build a business for him. Okay, Top Tribe, our guest today is Alex Moore. He is the CEO at Baden, who is known most, I'd say, for their boomerang Gmail plugging, which makes emailers everywhere more productive. He graduated from MIT in 05 and has an extremely strong engineering background based out in Mountain View, California. Alex, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it, Nathan. All right. I know you're sitting there in Mountain View with your cold brew hunkered down. I'm here in the Appalachian Mountains hoping my Redskins can pull off a win next week. A big NFL fan. So walk us through. Tell me what, first off, what does Baden mean? So Baden is a, uh, a Burmese word that means foretelling the future through magic. Interesting. Okay. Now, Boomerang, walk people through what the Boomerang Gmail plugin is. That is, is that your main product? Yeah, that's our main product. That's the uh, the bell cow for the business. So give the so give the pitch. A, yeah, yeah. Boomerang's a, a tool that helps you use email way more productively. So you can uh, you can get notified if someone doesn't respond to your messages. You can send messages at a time. You could schedule messages to be sent at a time where they're more likely to get a response. And you can include a red receipt in the emails you send out, as well as just snoozing emails and a couple other tangential features. So I can't wait to dive into this. And Alex, just so people have context, again, we have really young students that listen to the top. They're part of the top tribe because they want to learn from entrepreneurs and figure out how to drop out of school and build their own business. Or we even have a lot of SaaS entrepreneurs who are thinking about raising money or they're in Techstars or Y Combinator, thinking about LTV and CAC and ARPU. Help people understand, um, how old are you and uh, how big is your team? <laughs> So we are, uh, we're, Boomerang's about to turn five, um, actually in two weeks from now. So it's, uh, it's, it's old for a startup. No, Alex, um, I meant, I meant you. How old are you? How old are you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm getting crusty too. I'm, uh, I'm already 32. Okay. That's not too crusty. I mean, you're getting there, but that's not too crusty, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're 32. The business is five years old. How many folks are on the team? There are, uh, there are 13 of us right now. And, and is it all, are they all in person or they're remote? Yeah, everybody's in the office. And that's in Mountain View, right? Yeah, all okay. in Mountain View. Cool. So walk us through, why did you start Boomerang? Yeah, great question. So it came from, uh, it came from extreme personal pain. Um, in my <laughs> Good previous place life. to start. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have an HDTV? Um, you know, I don't watch TV. I don't even know what HD means. All right. Well, uh, if you did have an HDTV, um, you would be able to say thank you to me because I helped shave 10 cents off the cost of it. <laughs> okay. Tell us that story. <laughs> so I was uh, working as, a, as an analog circuit person at, uh, at Analog Devices in Boston. And, um, and I was doing, you know, I was in the lab a lot working with oscilloscopes. I really liked it. But uh, as I started to have more and more responsibility, I started to spend less and less time in front of my oscilloscope and more and more time in front of my email, trying to coordinate with people, making sure they got back to me, 
And there was really nothing good to do with an email that was like, you know, you know, somebody's like, oh, I'll get that to you on Thursday. Well, you need to make sure they do. And there was nowhere to put that, you know, like you could flag it, but then you'd end up with 60 flag things. You could move it to a <laughs> folder. And so it was just like, somebody's got to have a better way to do this and couldn't find one. So I decided, you know what, still young enough to do this and decided to, to go out and build one. Solving your own problem. That's such a good takeaway for the listeners is if you've got your own problem, go out and solve it. And that's usually how some of these companies really take off and start. So Alex, you started it. You were your own best customer. Walk us through, uh, you know, to date, as of today, what does it cost to use Boomerang? Yeah, so Boomerang is a freemium service. So if you use it lightly, you can keep using it for free. We're very happy to have you do that. If you start to use it more and more heavily, um, you start to run into some some gently na- gently worded nag screens to some like, hey, you really ought to be paying us. You know, re- you really, really, really ought to be paying us. And then eventually we, we start to charge either five bucks a month or 15 bucks a month, depending on which, uh, which set of features you want. Okay. So here's an interesting question. We've had some SaaS entrepreneurs on in the past, like Peter Schauder in episode three. And let's see, we also uh, we also had uh, Sean Wycliffe with DealFlix on in episode number 14. And they all talk about, they're both SaaS entrepreneurs, software as a service. They talk about things like yeah. lifetime value and churn and CAC and ARPU. And one of the things that always comes up is pricing. Like, you know, so at your price point at five bucks or 15 bucks a month, you've got, to, I guess, figure out a way to make those sales in a very no touch way, meaning you don't, I, I'm guessing you don't have a sales team. Is that accurate? Yeah, no sales team. So how does it work? How do, how do people find you? What, what's the top of the funnel strategy? Yeah, um, well, we've got a bunch of different things that we do. Uh, one of them is just word of mouth. I mean, the nice thing about being freemium, and I think companies like Dropbox that, that didn't have sales teams for a really long time have done the same thing. Um, your product is sort of your marketing because you've got a lot of free users. They tell each other about it and you get a lot of organic growth that way. Um, then, you know, we've, we've started to experiment with some paid channels. Some stuff's working. Um, I'm not going to share with you the, uh, the stuff that's working best because as soon as it gets known, it stops working. Alex, what's working um, best? Yeah, I can't tell you, but as soon as people are doing the same thing, you know, it's, it stopped working so well. What's the, gen- just tell me, is it, uh, is it billboards or something online? <laughs> something online. Okay, is it? But, you know, but we started, you know, this is, we're five years in, you know, so we've done the low hanging fruit stuff. Yep. Um, I mean, if you start out, like do a little bit of SEO, make some pages, you know, you'll get some free Google traffic. You can get a long way with some pages, um, using your email list well. Like until you really have revenue coming in at, at scale, I mean, you can't you can't do anything with paid anyway. Well, so help us understand because again, there's entrepreneurs just starting out that are wondering: should I start paid or should I not start paid? You've been around, you've been doing this for five years. It seems like you're extremely data oriented. You made you know these HDTVs cheaper by ten cents, doing something I don't understand, <laughs> but it sounds really intelligent. Um, so, uh, so five dollars and fifteen bucks is what people pay you is what they can pay you. Are you selling to individuals or companies usually? Both. So we've, uh, you can do, you can buy up to a hundred seats without even talking to us on a credit card. Okay. And we've had people do that, you know? Um, Got it. So it's really nice in that sense. You just, you're sitting down at your lunch and you get a a notification email that somebody paid you $3,000 and you're just like, whoa. Office party, office party that night, (laughs) right? (laughs) So lunch is on me, guys. Yeah, right. So Alex, how, so we can normalize kind of price so we don't have to keep talking about the different price points. What is the, what's the average ARPU across your customer base since it sounds like you have multiple options? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the average is around 11. We have a few more people on the, we have a few more than the majority on the $15 a month plan. Okay, and that's that's a monthly ARPU, not an annual one, right? Right. Okay, cool, cool. And so what is the, Boomerang, it sounds like, does a lot of things. Is there a particular feature that people are using more or less, whether it's a reminder or send later or whatever? Yeah, so uh, so one of the things that, that helps us, I think, is that send later is the thing that's the easiest to grasp. You know, you're working at 2 a.m. and you're like, God, I really don't want to send this to my boss right now. And then you go, you type into Google send later and you find us and you get started. Um, as you kind of, and since we're in your email, you, you kind of see it all the time, if that makes sense. So, um, so you use send later a couple of times and then all of a sudden you notice that little checkbox that's, that's, under the, that's under the send button that says, hey, remind me if nobody responds to this email in two days. And that sort of becomes, I think that's probably the feature that people love the most. It's definitely the one I use the most. Um, and you finally, you're sitting there sending an email and you're like, gosh, I hope this person responds. And then you see the checkbox and it's just like the lights go on, you mm-hmm. know? With the, you're talking about with the so, read receipt, right? No, no, the response tracking, the notify oh. me if I don't hear. Okay. So help, help me understand um, scale and size-wise. Again, you've been doing this for five years. How many, how many free users are you guys currently working with? Yeah, so Boomerang's been downloaded uh, about three and a half million times over the last five years. And what does that mean? Is, that, is it a free download? Yeah, free download. Wow, okay. And of the three million, you said three million, 500,000? Yeah. Uh, of that, how many of those folks uh, go into a paid plan using, again, your upsell strategies where you're kind of softly nagging? Yeah. So, uh, so for us, it, it turns out that, uh, that we make about a, a dollar in recurring revenue for every download we get. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that's in, in monthly recurring revenue or annual recurring? Annual recurring revenue. Per download. Inter- so that no one's really tied a metric like that together. They're always thinking, well, our monthly churn is 2%. So CAC is this and LTV is. I haven't heard anyone tie an MRR gain to a download gain. Why, why is that a metric you're focused on? <laughs> well, it's not the one that we really look at because it's so far apart from each other. Uh-huh. Um, it just so happens that the numbers happen to line up really nicely when I'm putting together the updates every month. Okay, I see. Well, I mean, then let's talk about. Okay, so let's talk about a different angle. Then, if you are, um, if you're getting about one dollar of annual occurring revenue per download, so you guys are at about three point five million bucks a year right now. Yeah, yeah. Is that that's about accurate? Yeah. Okay. So walk me through why do people, a lot of the folks that have, some people have like a $1 paid monthly plan that we've interviewed and they do that maybe because they want to get the credit card in because that's a big kind of drop off point in the onboarding funnel. And then that those people will just keep paying a dollar for like the rest of their life, but they put in like a ton of support tickets. They take up a ton of time. How do you balance lifetime value with how much support you give users? Great question. Um, from our perspective, we found that some of the people who, you know, they send in a first email, they're kind of annoyed. They're, they don't seem like they're very nice people. And you kind of just want to tell them to, to get bent, you know. <laughs> um, we found that some of those people have become the most passionate advocates that we could have ever hoped for. I mean, they, they clearly, when they're that upset with you, they care, yep. you know. yep. So we found that what makes the most sense, and it's, it's kind of cliche, but we found that, that just really trying to go the extra mile and, and give really good customer support to everybody is really the, the thing that works best for us. So you just um, do it broadly. Do you have a big support team or is it? 
We got two folks who who handle uh, support for us, and you know, most of the time they can they can keep it keep it going. If we have a really crazy day or something, I mean, there have been days where the whole team was doing nothing but support email. Um, but most of the time they can keep it, keep it rolling. Well, and that's such a great, I mean, that what you just said, I think is really interesting. We talk with a lot of entrepreneurs who maybe are developers and they go, should I make my developers or my marketers do support? And it sounds like you even Alex, maybe, is it true to say in the last week you've answered at least a support ticket as CEO? Uh, I, I think I've answered exactly one in the last week. <laughs> okay. So what we, uh, what we do is we rotate. So every, you know, support is, is something that, uh, it's, it's, well, for one thing, it's really hard to do as a founder after a certain point of time because you're just too close to it. It's your baby. Um, and it's hard to kind of disassociate that. Mm-hmm. But um, we, uh, we try to give each of our support folks a day away from support every two weeks. So every other Friday, um, somebody's off of email, you know, oh, great. Okay. Um, doing something else, working on something else so they don't burn out. And on those days, we rotate someone else from the team on to support. Got it. Okay, interesting. So you have a rotating schedule there. Um, exactly. What, okay. Walk. Um, I, I just ran out of coffee, so I'm like in shock, and I'm 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 wishing I was <laughs> I wishing I could reach through the microphone and steal your cold brew and chug a bunch of it. Um, walk me through though. Walk me through, Alex. Do you guys think about customer acquisition cost? Do you? Inst- I'm, I'm making. A, I'm about to make up a term here. Do you think instead of da- like a download acquisition cost, are you tying all your metrics back to downloads? So the problem we got is uh, as a browser extension, it's it's really hard to link someone who comes on the website and downloads to somebody who then starts using the product mm. and do that in an accurate way. So I don't think I would be like, you shouldn't do what we do unless you have to. Got it. Because um, we have that, that wall where it's really hard to cross over and see, you know, okay, this cohort came from this and here's how they're doing. We don't really know um, which group did what. And so, uh, so I think, uh, I, I think we're in a position where we had to do it with duct tape and glue instead of doing it right mm-hmm. in that case. Got it. So do you have, if you can't get into specifics, it sounds like, cause, because cookie tracking might be difficult when you're talking about extension downloads and things, do you have like a weighted average customer acquisition cost that you track? And if so, what is it? Uh, we do, but we don't disclose it. Sorry. Okay. Talk to me then about what is your, do you keep a ratio of lifetime value to customer acquisition cost? In other words, if a lifetime value is a hundred bucks, are you willing to spend up to say 50 bucks to acquire the customer? Do you have a, a, a fall point like that? Yeah. Um, and that, that's moved for us. Um, so we, we reached the point where we became profitable and, and had to start paying uncle Sam. Uh, which is kind of a place to be, but it basically means that, you know, 40% of all the profit you make goes out the door to uncle Sam. And so depending on how profitable we are, our ratio changes over time, right? Um, if we weren't profitable, we'd probably, you know, we're a cash flow business these days. We, we've raised 400K in funding total. Um, and so it kind of is like, okay, here's, you know, we, we move around as we, as we uh, have revenue go up and down and as, as things change for us. Got it. Okay. Well, that's valuable. Um, it's a great problem to have, obviously, figuring out how to avoid taxes once you're once you're generating so much cash flow. So that's amazing. That's one of the reasons I want to get you on is I saw, I assumed based off the number of downloads and the number of recommendations you've gotten on the show that a lot of people were using you. But then I saw you only raised 400K. So I said, you know, these guys sound like they're crushing it. So this has been really fantastic. If you are loving this episode, you will love episode number eight, where we talk to the head of strategy at GoPro, responsible for 
taking them from $300,000 a year in sales to $300 million in sales. And to celebrate the top tribe, I am giving you guys the chance to win a GoPro and my top three favorite business books. In order to win, simply text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, N-A-T-H-A-N to 33444 for your chance to win hundreds of dollars in prizes every week. The first one is a GoPro and my favorite business books. My heart is pounding because we're about to get to my favorite part of the show, Alex. Do you know what's next? I have no idea. Dude, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready? <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, Alex, number one, what is your favorite business book? Uh, the one that I've read most recently that I loved was Creativity, Inc. Ed Catmull, uh, baby. Yeah, it was just, it was a revelation, you know, hearing how they managed to keep creativity going even after so many years. And, you know, it's, it's an, it was an amazing book. Yeah. Well, we'll link to that. I'll link to that book in the show notes. I've also read it. It's amazing. You can get the show notes, guys, at, including all the metrics and what Boomerang does to go sign up and try it out at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top. Alex, number two, which CEO are you following or studying right now? Um, you know, I don't really do a whole lot of that. Um, I'd say the the one who's had the most impact recently is probably Matt Blumberg from uh, from Return Path. His book is awesome. What's his book? Um, it's uh, a feel, It's like Startup CEO, a field guide or something. Um, I read it like six months ago. And, Got it. Uh, it was, you know, in a lot of ways, it was sort of like he. It was sort of like talking to an older, wiser version of myself. I love, love um, that. But I wouldn't say that I necessarily follow a CEO exactly. Okay, great. I look, everyone I talk to that's interviewing from Silicon Valley, the answer is almost uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, every time. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Everybody <laughs> loves him. That's great. So, okay, number three, Alex. What is your favorite online tool like Boomerang? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rescue Time. Okay. How do you yeah. use Rescue Time? So it's a, an app that you install that basically monitors what you do on your computer. Mm, valuable. And then it generates some really helpful reports that says, okay, last week you spent, you know, four hours reading news websites. And, um, and it's, it's, it's really interesting to kind of get a sense. I had no idea how I spent my time before I had that. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it turns out I spent an awful lot of time in email. I guess that's not a big surprise. Yep. Um, yep. But it was really helpful for me to just kind of see, okay, I, and I haven't really, you know, changed my behavior all that much, but it was just really helpful to have a sense of, okay, here's what I'm doing every day when I'm on my computer. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, you, listen, you're a busy guy. You're building a great company, cash flow positive, big team. I'm curious, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Every night, no. Most nights, yes. Okay. And are you, Alex, do you have a family? Do you have kids? Are you single? Uh, married, no kids yet. Married and no kids. Okay, cool. Okay, number five. If you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, Alex, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a tough one. You know, I think, uh, I think what I'd actually tell my 20-year-old 20, 20 self is that nobody's really got that many answers. 20-year-old um, me was not confident enough to go out and start a company. 20-year-old me thought there were all these things that everybody knew and that all these companies had people in them who you know, knew a lot of things that you really needed to know to go out and start a company or you know, do a lot of things. Um, 
and it turns out that you know everybody to some extent is kind of kind of winging it and uh and you can you can get pretty close to, to as well you know to wing it almost as well as somebody who's got some experience um as long as you think about things in the right way and uh and you know, go out and do some research. So I so, think I, I think that'd probably be the advice I'd give is just have that confidence, and and nobody's got all the answers. Um, so there you go, there, top there, top there, tribe. There you, you heard it here first from Alex. You got to outwing the wingers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the name of the game. As he sips his cold brew coffee in Mountain View. Okay, Alex, you're on a rocket ship. People are going to want to follow you. They're going to want to try boomerang. But where else can people connect with you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at aw more. Um, yeah, and uh, go get boomerang. It'll it'll change your life. There we go. And on that, from saving, from graduating from MIT with a strong tech background in 05 to shaving 10 cents off your HDTVs to now building a mammoth $3.5 million a year boomerang inbox saving business. Alex, thank you for taking us to the top. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Coming up in episode number 34, you are going to hear from Neville Medora, the greedy Indian, who said, quote, the plumbers love me and my email marketing. This podcast is produced by Oration Recording and is sponsored by Eddie Communications and Roanoke, Virginia's Grandin CoLab, the premier workspace for entrepreneurs and growing companies. 